0: So, the title of the message is The Gift, Surely and Freely. Surely and Freely. So, we'll just quickly get into it and we'll try to understand uh, the word that God has for us. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the law of God took the man And put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Right? Okay. I am going to repeat that. Read it again. So I want you to focus on some words. Right? Look, this is the first command of God to man. So So obviously it is very important. So this is what he says. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Say freely. Say freely. Say freely. Freely. Say freely. Freely. Say freely. Freely. Freely, eat. freely eat. Every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Very important. Big word. Big. It's one of the biggest words of the Bible. Freely. The biggest word of the Bible is freely. The Bible starts with freely and actually ends with freely. Did you know that? The Bible starts with freely and ends with freely. In what God is saying. God first talked to man and said freely. He ends his last words to man in Revelation saying freely. And I'll show it to you. Okay? Just hold on to that word. So you shall freely eat. Very important word. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Right? There's no freely because you don't have to, you're you not supposed to eat it at all. Correct? So there's no free about this tree but you shall not eat of this tree because there is no free about this tree there is no you cannot eat of this tree should not eat for for because in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die now tell say surely surely say surely. surely surely die so when god attaches the word surely to what death. to death he says surely you will die he says surely you will die but he attaches freely to what? To eat. To the gift of life. To the tree of life. He says freely. But to death he says what? Surely. So huge, huge, ad- huge adverbs, right? Is it adverb, adjective? Adverb. Adverb in adverb. <laughs> English language. Is it adverb or adjective? I think adverb. It's an adverb, right? Two big adverbs in the Bible is freely and surely die. Surely die. Now, let me preface it and I will tell you the heart of the message. Satan wants to hide you from the freely of salvation and the surely of death. Satan will always hide you from the freely of salvation and the surely of death. He will make it appear as if death you will not necessarily die. Or death is not severe surely so in the in the hebrew the word freely is not there it's it says eating eating you will learn dying dying you will die so when they use the same word two times it means surely you will die or when you say when you eat the gift of life he says eating eating you will you shall eat and eat is what it says there is no freely there you make sense go and read the hebrew in interlinear you can check the hebrew it says and eat. So eat and eat means freely means there is no limit. Just eat. I know I'm already screaming. <laughs> I know I'm already screaming. So no, let, let it let it be. So I just just relax. This is good. This is so good because it's freely, right? Is somebody and the first thing that God showed did after he said freely and surely was, what did he do? The first thing he did was what? 18. Look at the verse 18. 18. Look at what it was 18. What did he say? It is not good for a man to be alone. Because there is something about this freely and surely that he knows that Adam didn't get it. So Adam was like duh. So God is saying no, no, he's not got it. He doesn't know what is free and he doesn't know what is surely death. I need somebody who can help him to realize that. So, the origin of all coupons and vouchers started with a woman. <laughs> that is why you see, when you stand in the grocery line, you never see men with coupons. Have you seen men with coupons? No, it's always the woman with coupons. Because the woman knows what is free. It needs a woman to tell a man, Hey! That's free! Right? Because it needs a woman to know and value the freeness of its gift. And it is a woman who will also tell you, Don't do this! Don't do this! I'm telling you, don't do this! And man, no, 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 it's all good. It's all good, girl. It's all good. I've done this. And then after a few months and all unnecessary struggles, he say, I told you so. Mm, I know. I don't want to hear that. I, you know? They know the severity and the surely of death. And they also know the freedom of salvation. Isn't how God so beautiful? Great in his wisdom, how he created woman to recognize the surely of death and the freely of salvation. So what did Adam, uh, Satan go? Satan didn't go to Adam because Adam didn't know the surely and the freely concept. So did he, who did he go to? Because Eve is the one who knows the surely and freely. Make sense? So what does Satan do? Look at this. What does he attack? He is not attacking the tree of life. He is not attacking anything else. He is attacking these two words. Look at how, how sinister his game plan is. Because he knows if man can be deceived from these two words, he will enter into death. Now this is how he does it. Look at verse chap- Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning. See, cunning is more deceptive. He is not straight. He is cunning. He is very deceptive. Then any beast of the field which the Lord has made... And he said to woman, why didn't he not say to the man? See, because man never got this freely in the first place. He never understood the surely of that. He never got it. So woman has been assigned to help the man to discover this. Because God wants him to eat of the tree of life. But he doesn't know. So man is thinking, I need to work to eat this. Correct? So he put a woman in his life to tell him, hey, you don't work. There it is. Go and eat it. So, he says, okay, I'll go. So, So she's on assignment to discover the freely of salvation. Right? So, he's there. So, she's looking around for her her work. Her work is coupons, vouchers. Where's the free deal going on? Right? And the free deal is the tree of life. It's free. Right? So, she's going around with that same mandate looking at what is free. Right? So, Satan knows and goes to her and says, has God indeed said, "You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. what did he drop? He dropped freely he dropped freely because he says you shall not he 's trying to not confuse her he 's trying to you know how magicians do they, are, they, are, they, are, they try to hide something else, but they always move their hands on what you want them to focus on so he started to focus on not on the freely part of the tree but on the Every part of the tree. See how smart he is. He said, did he say nothing of every tree? His whole objective was not about every tree. His whole objective was to make sure that she recognizes that the freely is missed out. See? He is hiding the freely but showing the every. Every was not a problem. The freely was the problem. So he hides the freely out of salvation. Correct? Right? It's huge. It's so huge as Trump says. It's huge! <laughs> it's huge. It's Freely it's huge. Because all religions is trying to attach a cost to salvation. Only in Christ is it completely free to you. And he's trying to attach a cost to your effort. Now this is huge. Okay, look at it. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So what did he drop? Freely. Correct? Right? Then he says... Then the woman said, we may eat of the tree, we, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. So what did she drop? Freely. So he bought him. So the magician is playing around. So he's following her, his ball. Correct? But the real ball is out here. But he is following her ball. And so he got, she got caught on that. So she missed the free part of it. So he did it. But, in the, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor you shall touch it, lest you die. I think people say, God didn't say touch it. Okay. It's good, right? I mean, you don't go and you touch it. When you touch it, you want to eat it, right? So she got it. She's, she's got the fact that I should not touch it, right? So Satan knows that. That she's got her surely very strong. I should not touch the tree of knowledge and goodness. She's got that. So now he's trying to work with that aspect because he's already taken care of what? He's taken care of the freely part of it because he has no problem with that. So now he's going after the surely of death. He has to get this out from a system that you will not die. Right? He wants to make sure that death is not really serious. You will not necessarily die. He wants to get... Satan wants you to know that when you depend on your flesh or within on your own effort, which is what the law... The knowledge of good and evil is means I am independent of God in my judgment of good and right. That means I'm independent of Him. I'm depending on my own self effort to know what is good and evil in my life. That means I'm depending on my own self, and it will not cause death. Is what He's trying to say. This whole translation is: if I depend on my own strength, you will not necessarily die. Isn't that cool? See, when you say like that, it makes it like, yeah, what's so good? God helps those who help themselves. See, it's not from the Bible. Is Benjamin Franklin. Correct? But it's how deceptive it is. Because that's exactly what the Bible says will bring death. Those who help themselves will surely die. Because when they help themselves, that means they are eating off the knowledge of good and evil themselves. Not on Christ Jesus, the free gift. They are depending on themselves, on their flesh. The Bible calls it in the New Testament, live in the flesh. Got it? Got it? So when he says live in the flesh, he's talking about the same concept of I live but my own effort and my own strength. And Satan wants you to know that it will not cause death. It's okay, girl. It is not going to cause death. It's okay. You know, why don't you beat yourself up a little bit more. Say that you have not prayed enough. Or you have not fasted enough. Or you have not loved somebody enough. Or you have not provided for your parents enough. Or if you have not... I don't care. Get some condemnation onto you. Because if I can get some condemnation onto you, guess what? You, you will depend on your strength to make it up to God. And then what will happen? Because Satan knows that when you depend on the flesh, it will bring death. But he makes it appear to you that when you depend on your strength, you will not surely die. See, so he wants to get the surely out of death. Because it doesn't matter whether you depend on your strength little or much. Guess what's going to happen? You will? No! not just die you will surely die you see he, he knows that you somewhere in the corner of your mind you, he knows that you know that if I don't depend on God I will die but he doesn't want to make it so apparent in your life it is it should not be your main focus in your life that if you do this you will surely die and god is very clear if you eat of the tree it doesn't matter you eat only once or a little bit and not he doesn't care you eat of it you will die see how how severe death is you see brothers and sisters death is severe it is the bible says in the hebrew dying you will die that means corruption is ongoing Persistent, waking up, sleeping in, you constantly face the effects of death. What is the effects of death? Frustration, sickness, uh, uh, non-profitability, relationship breaks down, envy, jealousy, uh, poverty. Everything are symptoms of death. You're constantly dying. It's like a decay that is festering, but but the festering is subtle and ongoing. So it doesn't make as if you will die. Make sense? So it's like dying, you are dying. You see the thing? So you, if you ask somebody, if you ask anybody who is outside of Christ, you say, are you, di- are, you, are you dead? You say, no, 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 I am alive. See, because they are di- di- in dying, they are dead. As believers, we can get into that problem, right? We can feel that, you know, we are alive in Christ Jesus, but the symptoms of death you can partake in this life when you depend on the works of your hand. Surely you will die. That is why Jesus says, Without me you can do nothing. Flesh prophets, nothing. Flesh prophets, nothing is not my words. It is Jesus' words. Jesus, God, came down on the earth. And he said on the earth, flesh prophets, little bit. Little bit. No. He says, flesh prophets, nothing. That means, surely you will die. If you depend on your flesh. So, so, so so critical. So, look at how he attacks it. You shall not eat of it or you shall less. So see, Eve got this clear. Eve is very clear. I will not eat of the tree of. I don't know whether the tree of life is free or not, but at least I know that I will not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and the good. She got that. I like it. I mean I like the fact. So he is attacking that very strongly. Look at what he says. Then the serpent said to the woman, now he makes an absolute statement. What does he say? You will not surely die. Here, he left the word surely. Why? Because he put a knot. He said, you shall not surely die. Jesus, God said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He says, no, you shall not surely die. He's removing the surety out of death once for all. He's saying, no, you shall not surely die. And then he, he, he's trying to justify it by adding a, a motivation for God. He says, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When? So he makes it appear as if God is evil. God has a motivation in making you appear, not telling you the fact that you will not surely die. Because God is good, that is why he told us that you shall not depend on your flesh, you will surely die. But here is Satan telling that God is hiding this fact that you will not surely die because he is doesn't want the best of you, right? But you know that God had already made us in the image of God. He had already made us God. But he said, The eyes are open; that you will know good and evil. You know what? That, that exactly happened. When they ate of the tree of life. their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened to what? Correct. Their eyes were opened. They thought their eyes would be opened to knowledge of good and evil. And rightly so. Their eyes were opened to the knowledge of good and evil. But what is the symptom of it? They saw their nakedness. Because they saw that they were not clothed. So they saw. So the eyes were opened to whom? To God or to themselves? See? That is the key to eating of the knowledge of tree of life. Every time you depend on your own self-effort, your eyes are opened to whom? yourself. You see, what have you done? What have you worked? What have you paid the tithes? What have you done? You know, what have you worked hard? What have you done? Or have you given to the poor? Have you done? You see the focus. The eye, your eyes are open to whom? Your eyes are open to yourself. And what does God say? What will that bring? Death. Surely death. But I'm saying, what's so wrong in my eyes being open to myself? Isn't Isn't a little bit introspection good? God says, introspection is evil because it opens your eyes to yourself and guess what you do out of it. What do you, what you do? When their eyes were opened to themselves, so what did they do? They, they So they, what does it say? They, how do you pronounce the word? So, they sowed. They sewed They sewed fig leaves So they started working. God never intended them to work. So when they started working to cover themselves. See, now their eyes are open to themselves. So they are trying actions to do something about that. Is that good? Hey, what's so wrong about being introspective? Looking at yourself and trying to do something about it. God says, it brings death. Simple. Because it didn't help. The fig fig leaves didn't help. So God had to clothe. So their covering came from where? Did it come from their self-effort or did it come from what God did? God did. So, they, if their eyes would have opened to God, God would have covered them. So, who do you think they were walking in? whose covering before they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? God's. God's, covering. God's covering. So, when their eyes were opened to God, but it was not opened yet. Remember, they had to eat of the tree of life to open it. That is the picture of Jesus Christ because he is in the midst of the garden because the Bible talks about the uh, re- revelation ends in uh, he who eat of the tree of life. He, the Bible ends, Revelation ends in the tree of life. <laughs> that is a funny part. You should actually see it. It says the tree of life. Same word. It's so beautiful. Okay. Now, let's go to the Christmas story in Romans chapter 8. Have you read the Christmas story in Romans chapter 8? Now, this is deep. But Romans chapter 8 is the Christmas story for believers. Let's go quickly to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8, I mean, I'll tell you some of the chapters that are a must for believers to meditate on. Okay. Isaiah chapter? Huh? Okay. Isaiah chapter? 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Like a must, right? You should know this exchange that happened on Isaiah 53. That's huge. Okay, now Isaiah 53. Which are the chapters? Come on. Big chapters that you should must know. Romans Romans chapter 8. So must know. Romans chapter 10, you should know that what is the word of faith. It's a very powerful chapter. Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 10, Isaiah chapter 53, Psalms chapter 22, 23. 22 is what Jesus did on the cross, 23 is what we benefit out of it. Isaiah chapter 54, because of what Jesus did in 53, what happened to you in 54, Correct? So, these are like huge chapters that you know. And the other major chapter is Galatians chapter 3. Talks about walking in flesh, depending on your efforts. Big chapter. These are big fundamental doctrines chapters that you should know. So, let's let's go back. Come on. Which of the chapters? Isaiah 53, 54. Psalms? 22, 23. Okay. Romans? 8 and 10. Okay. Huh? Galatians 3. Got it? Good. If you have these fundamental chapters that you can meditate on, feed on, you know, and obviously the Gospels. I mean Gospels Which chapter is not good. But I'll tell you one chapter in the Gospel that you should definitely know is John 17. How powerful. See, that's, I can see that the Spirit of God telling you the same thing. Right? John chapter 17 is a must chapter to know because it is what Christ now tells the believers. It's a huge chapter. You'll learn so many truths that are never shown in the rest of the gospel because it's uh, talking about post-resurrection revelations. Huge chapter. So, you got it? So you got all the chapters? So, these are chapters that you should know. Teach your children. Let them... say it's, it's tough. It's not really tough. Teach your children. We teach our children about some of these chapters. Teach them. Okay? Now, let's go to Romans chapter 8. So, I want you to stay with Romans chapter 8 because this is a Christmas story. This is linked to Genesis and it's related to Revelation. Okay? This is huge. Romans chapter 8. I was telling uh, Thomas the other day when I met him somewhere. I was saying, Romans chapter 8 just opened up for me in in my quiet time a month back. It just opened up. Romans chapter 8 was always a tough chapter for me because it's not because it's tough. Because we pick one verse and two verses, and there's so many good verses in Romans chapter 8, right? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who gave his only begotten son, how will he not? Along with Freini. I am convinced, I am fully, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor life, principality's powers can separate me from the love of Christ. You know there are so many great verses in Romans chapter 8. I mean, Romans chapter 8 is like one chapter that you can just live by, right? But Romans chapter 8 has a clue. it's got a puzzle. The whole chapter is one continuous thought. And Paul is saying something very powerful. He's saying something very powerful, and he's trying to make the the whole chapter is Addressing this one truth. And if you can understand this truth. Romans chapter 8 will just open up for you. Are you ready to open, open this up? Okay. So I am going to read through it now. With context of what we studied in Genesis. Right. About surely and freely. Surely and freely. Got it. So that's. See Satan is, doesn't care about every other truth. He definitely wants to remove the freely from salvation. And surely from death. Say. Say. Freely from salvation and surely surely from death he just wants to remove, he doesn't want you to know that salvation means, and all the benefits of it is free death and all his effects is sure when you depend on your efforts sure, so he doesn't want you to know this he will hide this with religiosity and systems and teachings and books and commentaries he will hide this fact he will somehow, doesn't want you to know this, that salvation is free and death is certain. He doesn't want you to know that. If he can keep it both in the area of... He doesn't care. You uh, believe part of it is free, part of it is payment. He doesn't care. Because he, if you can pay a little bit, he know he can get, kill you with that. He, in, with death, if you don't believe that, I will not show... Sure, I, I will only die if I go to a prostitute. Or if I only die if I do the worst things. But if I just, if I do something in my efforts, it will not cause death. He doesn't care. Because he knows he will die. Right? So he'll try to, he'll muddy it. But the whole aspect is, little flesh or much flesh will die. Will produce death in your life. Okay? Now, listen to this. And now with that context, let's read Romans chapter 8, which is very important. It will set you free. This will set you free. This will set you free. Okay. But I want you to stay with this and don't get tired. Right? This is all about the mind. This, let me give a clue. This is all about the mind. Right. There is now. He's connecting this verse, chapter 2, chapter 7. He says, Paul is saying, I'm struggling with this body. I want to do good, but I can't do good because I'm under the law. Right? But he says, thank God, through Christ Jesus, I'm free from the law of God. Law of God is very demanding. It, it will bless you and with all the blessings of Deuteronomy. But it will also do what? It'll also curse you if you do not do all. See? No, we 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 take selectively all the blessings, but you don't understand that if you're under the law, you better do everything, not just majority of it, everything. But the blessings you have to keep all. So in Christ, only in Christ Jesus we can receive the blessing and we avoid the curses because Jesus was judged. Makes sense? Okay. Now he's connecting these chapters together and therefore he says therefore. There is therefore now no con- now means at present time no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So he's talking about two events: walking according to the Spirit, walking according to the flesh. That is the knowledge of tree of good and evil, walking about your, uh, with your effort, or walking according to walking in Christ Jesus as a free gift. So he say there are two choices that you have. You can either live free in Christ Jesus the knowledge tree, freely live or you can walk according to your efforts and he calls defines that walking according to the flesh flesh means your efforts flesh doesn't mean sinful, no flesh doesn't mean sinful it could be good flesh it means carnal, that means your strength flesh, good strength because Bible says God sent Jesus in the likeness of sinful flesh if flesh was evil was Jesus evil? No. Flesh is not evil. Flesh just means it is self-effort. So God sent Jesus in the likeness of a man who had to use all his self-effort and do it. Beautiful. But so, so. But did Jesus fall in his flesh? No, because he was perfect in his flesh. You see. But flesh is good. So that's the problem with flesh. Flesh can be good, flesh can be bad. But the problem is, the moment you are bad, even in one level, what happens? You're bad in all. See, flesh has this problem. We think flesh means like the Hindus believe, it's a balance of ways. As, much, as long as you do greater portion of good, you're okay. No, that's not the, uh, God's understanding of flesh. He says, you dip it on it, you will die. Because you will not be able to keep all of it. Make sense? Okay, there you go. For the, for the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So that's a fact. That means we are now free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that good? We are free from the law of sin and death. That means you are not obligated to keep all the law and suffer the consequences. But it doesn't mean that you live a lawless life. No. It means that you are, you are, you are not trapped in this system of I have to perform to receive. You, now you are trapped in Christ Jesus who has given you the benefit of his works as a gift and now you receive all the good in your life as a gift, as a Dorian. Say the word dorian. dorian. The Greek word is Dorian means a gift. Right? It's a gift to you. That means you live it irrespective of your works as an inheritance. See, inheritance doesn't have to be earned, right? Come on, man. Parents, does your inheritance, do they have to earn it? Whether you earn it or not, one day if you kaput, <laughs> the, the courts will give it to them, right? Whether you, you know, it, it's just like it has nothing to do just by virtue of being born. That's why when we were born again, you receive everything as an inheritance of God. See, God bypassed the sequence of servanthood and made you born into His family so that now He can bless you with an inheritance as a gift. That's good, right? He doesn't have to work as a servant. Under the law, you are a servant, but under in the family, you are receiving it as an inheritance. So inheritance is huge as a believer. Let's keep going. For the law, what was that for the law could not do that? It was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. See, God sent Christ. That's the Christmas verse. Is that Christmas verse? Why is Christmas happened? Because the law was weak. Christmas happened not because. The the, the earth did not need one more saviour. There are a lot of saviours who have been born into this world. Why did God need to send his own son as a saviour? You know there are a lot of saviours born into the world. Moses was a saviour. Gideon was a saviour. Who else was a saviour? Joshua was a saviour. Who is saviour? Saviour is one who fights on your behalf and wins your battles. That's a saviour. And in every religion there are saviors who have come and fought on their behalf of their people and delivered their people. Gentile rulers, Gentile uh, saviors, uh, Jewish saviors, you know, all kinds of saviors in the world. What is the need for one more saviour? But God says no, the law is weak. It cannot make you perfect. The saviors couldn't make them perfect. They could do something in the meanwhile, but couldn't make you perfect. Right? It was weak. So God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and he condemns sin in the flesh. Condemn means he judged sin in the flesh. Oh, this is so huge, but I'm not going to sustain that. But he says he judged it in the sin in, his, in the flesh. That means somebody had to pay the price of rebellion in, in flesh. So he only could do that in Christ Jesus. Only Jesus was able to <laughs> fully me, uh, means what for example God had to judge rebellion and sin right but he, he when, when Adam came out of the ark he said from the, in the blood of a man I would need a recompense from every man and his brother I will need a blood so he's talking about a brother that is coming one day who will pay the ultimate price for all men and who was that brother Jesus Christ who is the eldest brother so cool right just after he came out of the ark God reminded Adam uh, Adam, Noah. Noah. He said, Don't take this lightly. You have escaped out of this ark, right? Doesn't mean that you are perfect. I am going to require the blood of a man and a brother from a man. It's powerful, right? Because God is saying, A man is coming, a brother is coming that is going to one day pay the price. So God says, He said to Son, Christmas is about a judgment that happened. The surely part of death Jesus brought to earth. Isn't that cool? That surely that was going to happen to you and I. That surely that you were born in. That surely that you are going to suffer all throughout your life because of your actions. That surely Jesus took it on Himself. He took the surely on your behalf. Hallelujah. That Christmas day what was born in a manger was a surely death. So that is why the manger was in the form of a coffin, of a tomb, a stone tomb. It was like a tomb. That means he was born to die. The surely of death. But at the same time, he came as freely of salvation. Okay. I know we don't have too much time to go, but let's quickly go to the main verse. Look at verse 6. Look, look at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. But for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, let's read this verse again. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say carnally minded is death. Spiritually minded is life. So he says, if you know this one thing, he says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the spirit. So when he says, when Paul says live in the spirit, he's saying it has to do something about what? About your about your mind. If you are spiritually minded, it will bring life and peace. If you are carnally minded, it will bring death. So what is carnally minded? If you are focused on what you can do with your own strength, it will bring death. But if you are focused on spiritually, spiritual, spiritually things, it will bring life. So this is good. So at least I have clarified this once for all that if you are spiritually minded, you will bring life and peace. Cool? Is that good? Now let's understand what is spiritually minded. Paul spends the whole chapter telling you what spiritually minded is. Now let's read these verses quickly. For brother, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which you cry out, Abba, Father. Right? For, the, for if children, then hairs, hairs of God, and joint hairs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with them, we'll also be glorified together. Then keep on reading the whole pa- chapter, and finally he says. Verse 29. For those who he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son that we might be firstborn among many brethren. Therefore whom he predestined that he also called. That he he called he also justified. And those whom he justified he also glorified. And then he says finally verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us who can be against us? So he's saying. See look at spiritual mind. He's trying to tell you how to think now. He's saying. And finally he concludes. He says if God is for us against us. What shall we say to these things? He who did not spare his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how can he not with him also freely look at the word freely Freely give us all things. He's saying start meditating and reminding yourself that you have received all things freely. Freely. Okay. Then he goes on to say the love of God. Look at the verse thing. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, yet, verse 37, yet in all these things, which things? In sickness, disease, persecution, uh, suffering, in all these things, what? We are more than conquerors. That means we will overcome them. Why? Through him, who loved us. Is the focus on themselves or on the focus on God? On God. God who loved us. Right? Look at finally. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Look like at verse 38. And we'll close with this. For I am persuaded. Say persuaded. Persuasion. Where is where this, Where does this persuasion happen? In your heart or in your mind? In your mind. You are persuaded. Paul is saying I am persuaded completely. What am I persuaded about? I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, principalities or powers. Five categories, right? Nor things present or things to come. That means, even some stupid things that you will do in your future. Say, stupid things. Stupid things. That I will do, I will do. In, my in my future. Believe me, you will do stupid things <laughs> in your future. <laughs> <laughs> but God says, he is fully convinced. Paul is fully convinced. Say, I am fully convinced. Say, fully convinced. fully convinced. Where is this happening? Where is this happening? It's happening in your mind. Why is it important that it happens in your mind? Because if you are spiritually minded, it will bring what? Life and peace. But if you are carnally minded, that means if you try to do something about it, if you start feeling condemned yourself, because how does this chapter start? Therefore, there is now no condemnation. See? That is, you are moved away from looking to self, you are looking to Jesus Christ and his love for you Say love for me, love for me. Not your love for him Your love for him is uh, rooted in what? In your efforts His love for you surpasses everything that you will do in your future Wow! Things about the future? Go, go ahead Nor things present. Are you going through stuff right now? Some stupid stuff right now. But God says, that cannot prevent me from loving you. What does the love of God produce? Love of God produces life and peace. Life means miracles in your life. Miracles. Life is miracles. Supply. Supply produces everything. But for that to happen, what is essential? What is the qualification? You, are spiritually minded. you have to be spiritually minded, you have to remember, how will you be spiritually minded? Doesn't mean that, Lord, today I am not going to sin. Is that spiritually minded? No, because that, that is opening your eyes to? Self. But spiritually minded is saying this, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God gave his son for me, how will he not freely give all things? Why freely is important? Because if it is about your effort, that means there is a cost involved. When you add cost, it is about you. When it is free, it is about him. You see how important this business of thinking is? If you start thinking that I have to do something to deserve the favor of God for the next week, then you are going to do what's going to happen next one week in your life there will be consequences, surely, consequences of death. Or oh, you say, no, I no, mean, no, 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 no. I have done good in my life and I have earned the benefits out of it. Let me tell you, who do you believe? Do you believe what God is saying, surely you will die? Or do you believe what Satan is saying, you shall not die? I'm telling you, you will surely die. Jesus says, flesh profits nothing. Guys, do you understand how deceptive this business is of walking in the spirit? So, when he says, those who walk in the spirit have what? Set their mind. Say, set their mind. See, walking in the spirit doesn't mean walking in the spirit. Walk, 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 walk in the lost. Doesn't mean that. Walking in the spirit means, it's a mind game that the devil is playing on you. the whole chapter to say, hold it, take a break and start convincing yourself and being fully persuaded if God can give you His son, won't you have along that freely give you all things. Wow, this is not good. So it's very easy to gravitate towards effort. How does effort come? Uh, You know how effort is working in your life? When you, this is huge, If you recognize this, you will recognize the effect of, uh, the the influence or the effect or the symptoms of flesh in your life. Anytime you feel condemned, anytime you feel condemned. Condemned not means you will die or go to hell. No, 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 no. Condemned means you feel guilty. That is the sure sign that death is operating in your life. You say, wow, that is serious. Condemnation brings death. But condemnation starts with your mind not being focused on the free gift of God, but your efforts.